Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blackwood Show. The Black, the Black, the Black, Black. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Blackwood Show. I'm Taylor Blackwood, and today you caught me. I am excited. Big Tech has announced their earnings after the close of the market today. Today is July 30th, so these earnings are super fresh. Probably just like 15, 20 minutes ago, I saw the Wall Street Journal alert pop on my phone about this, and I am very excited because I own a lot of these stocks, so my portfolio is going to be doing really well tomorrow. I'm excited, guys, and I'm excited about the bright spot this is for our economy. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Big Tech's results in the spotlight is the live coverage article title here on the Wall Street Journal. Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google parent company Alphabet, because they renamed themselves some years back, uh, all beat expectations in their quarterly earnings. The results show how their businesses are holding up in the throes of the coronavirus pandemic. This is huge. I'm really excited. We're going to talk about how much they've popped in after hours trading. For those of you who don't know, typically what happens is the market closes in, and it's all on New York time. And after it closes, there's after hours trading for a period of time. I want to say it's maybe an hour and a half or two hours or so. So stocks can continue to trade, although it's not happening on the traditional exchanges the same way in what's called after hours trading. So you can still see a stock price changing after hours. And particularly this is important when earnings occur, because it's typical for companies to announce their earnings quarterly and after close uh, so that it doesn't jerk around the price a lot during active markets. So after hours trading is really excited when companies report because they wait until the closing bell of the stock market, then they hop on there and report their earnings. And that's what's happened today. And tech stocks have killed it. And this is crazy too, because just yesterday they were in uh, antitrust hearings in front of Congress. All the major four I just mentioned were. So Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, everyone, you know, got drug in front of uh, um, Congress and had to answer all sorts of questions about antitrust. You know, are they a monopoly? Are they too big? X, Y, Z. So this is crazy. The very next day, they just crush it on earnings and beat expectations. So let's talk about that for a brief moment. It tends to happen where stock prices have future expectations priced into the the share price today. And the reason for that is that when you're buying a stock, in theory, you're buying the future discounted cash flow of that business. Now, there's a disconnect to that. In general, you're buying sentiment and you know, really stocks trade for what one person's willing to sell to a buyer. That really determines the price. But nonetheless, uh, uh, that's what's going on in theory is you're buying the discounted future cash flows of a business. So the market is forward looking. If they expect good news is going to come for a company, then that gets priced into the stock today. Not They don't wait until that good news comes out 100%. They discount it. You know, there's, there's an uncertainty around that expectation. But nonetheless, there's what's called a, an analyst um, a consensus about what's going to happen uh, with the stock when they report earnings. So stock prices fluctuate on earnings day itself based off of whether or not the companies beat those expectations. So not did they do well, like, you know, you could have huge revenue growth in a company, but if it wasn't as high of revenue growth as expectations, as, as analysts expected in a consensus, and it was already priced in the stock, the stock price can actually go down or even collapse even though they're, they're growing their profitability, that's counterintuitive to a lot of young earners. They go, Hey, how did, you know, the profit growth of Amazon go up 20%. Let's just pull up some fake numbers. And yet my stock price went down and they say, and, and really the reason that can happen is because the stock market collectively expected better growth than that. 
Amazon's a bad example of that because they tend to beat their earnings most of the time. But nonetheless, you kind of see what I'm trying to illustrate with that. So what's important about this is that the big four tech companies not only did huge numbers in absolute growth and absolute profitability, but they did it better than what was the general consensus of analysts. And that's really, really exciting. It's a big bright spot for the economy right now because what we're seeing is that the coronavirus didn't just crush everything indiscriminately, that there are sectors where you can grow, there are sectors where you can benefit and that there still is a lot of commerce going on in the United States. So this is a big bright spot for the future of the economy and a big bright spot for those of us who restructured our portfolios early, earlier this year towards uh, coronavirus uh, friendly segments of the market, right? So I shifted a lot out of finance. I shifted a lot out of like Boeing and a lot out of my stocks that were in that type of category, you know, uh, stocks and construction and stuff like this. Well, the construction is probably doing well. But anyways, I shifted away from a lot of those earlier this year, a lot of finance stuff out of banks and things like this and into these tech stocks and particularly Amazon and Apple are my biggest outsized bets in my portfolio. And I have a really big allocation on a percentage basis to them. And the reason for that is that I thought they had disproportionate upside for their relative possible downside. And sure enough, we're seeing it, you know, that consumer behaviors have shifted to spending money online, which is logical during a coronavirus pandemic, especially with quarantines and being stuck at home. But I'm betting that there's upside in that as well. Let's take Amazon as an example of this. So the pandemic strikes, I see that everyone's going to be getting locked in at their homes. So they're going to be quarantined. So they're still going to need to buy things. You know, they're going to need to buy things for everything from entertainment to even consumer staples. Well, Amazon ships all those to people's homes, obviously. But then they also have a sector of their company called AWS, Amazon Web Services. And this has been the biggest growth driver for the company that they do like web hosting and a variety of other services in the cloud. And obviously that's going to benefit from people being locked at home as well. I think they still do host Netflix. Uh, I want to say they do. I, I can verify that and put it in the show notes. But nonetheless, you know, they, they host all sorts of big name companies and even smaller companies across the United States and beyond internationally. So th that's a big part of their business and a big part of their growth is in Amazon Web Services. So I looked at their business and I say, okay, people are going to need things shipped home. They're going to stay at home and watch Netflix, which they host and they profit from uh, people you know, streaming more videos or being on more websites, things like this. So I was like, man, that's a disproportionate upside to the potential downside. I think that there, yes, there's a chance that, you know, a, a rising tide will raise all ships it will a tide going out will lower all the ships as well. Right. So there's a chance the whole economy goes into a deep recession or the Fed doesn't do enough to bail us out and we get in real trouble and that Amazon stock would sink with that. But I still thought it would do better than the whole market, you know, the market on the whole. And so far, knock on wood, I've been right about that, right? That Amazon had a more upside than downside during this crisis, and they're really capitalizing on it well. I think they have a pretty cutthroat, but really strong executive team, great uh, cost controls, even though they are spending more on coronavirus uh, countermeasures and safety for their employees. They do a great job of controlling those costs and making sure that they're reasonable and like they do with all of their costs. And they've done a really brilliant job of navigating this uh, this pandemic on the whole. So anyways, I'm really excited about this. Let's get into some of the specifics. It's Amazon, Apple, Google, and Facebook all beat expectations. And if we zero in on Amazon first, uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos is just having a hell of a year. He's the CEO and founder of Amazon and the world's richest man. As a lot of people know, he's worth above $170 billion. And as of closing of his, of the stock market today, he's up probably close to 5% of his net worth. I'm not sure exactly what percentage of his net worth is in Amazon, but it's safe to say the vast majority is. And he, uh, he, he had a good, he had a good 15 minutes. We'll put it that way. 
Um, as of July 1st, actually, uh, his net worth had gone up $56.7 billion this year alone. You got to think about that. $56.7 billion this year alone. There's what, probably like 330 million Americans or so. So just a curiosity here. Let's go 56.7. We need more zeros. 56.7 billion divided by 330 million. So his net worth increase this year alone would be enough to send a check for $171 to every single uh, United States citizen, man, woman, and child. That is just crazy uh, how much money, and that's just how much he's grown this year alone since July 1st. So he's just having a really good day. Let's put it that way. Uh, some interesting things about their growth. Uh, let's, let's start by looking at their after hours pop. So the stock finished trading today. I have it pulled up. For those of you who don't know, you can just Google dollar sign and then the stock ticker for various companies. And you're able to pull up all sorts of great information on Google about what's going on with their stock price real time. So that's what I'm doing here. I have dollar sign Amazon stock ticker. So it's dollar sign A-M-Z-N. And I uh, am able to look at their stock price real time. So uh, they closed today. They gone up 0.6% as of close today. So $3,056, no, previous close, $3,033.53. So $3,033 was their previous close. During their uh, call, they spike way up and then they peaked actually at $3,251 a share, a huge jump. Uh, as of recording this podcast, it's 4.59 Eastern time. They're at $3,197 a share. That's up 4.89%, ladies and gentlemen. That is a huge pop, and I am so pumped that I have a disproportionate part of my portfolio in Amazon today. I may learn to eat those words again, knock on wood, but uh, so far it's been a brilliant move this year. I've always held, well, not always, but in the last several years, I've held Amazon stock despite their big run up and been rewarded for that. There is risk in a company like this. I mean, their PE ratio is just through the roof, 145.79 on this chart. I don't know if that's before or after these earnings that has that calculation. A market cap of $1.52 trillion in a single company. So the value of their whole company is $1.52 trillion with a T dollars. That is insane. It was just within the last couple of years, we had the first publicly traded company break through a trillion dollars. They're worth $1.52 trillion. And again, I don't know if that's before or after this 5% pop. They might be even higher. That is unbelievable. Uh, some interesting things about Amazon. They've been doing some extra relief uh, for their for coronavirus and some extra spending around it. Specifically, the earnings report mentioned they spent over $4 billion on COVID-related costs. This is a really good investment. You know, you need to show your customers, especially when they're receiving boxes from your warehouses handled by delivery workers and things, you want a lot of these people to feel reassured that it's safe and that they're taking proper sanitization measures and uh, taking proper safety measures. And also you want to feel good about the company you're buying from. Historically, Amazon's had a pretty rough rap that way. They aren't, I mean, I, I don't know how to judge relatively speaking, but some people perceive them as not the best to their employees. Um, but one thing they did do this year is they, put out $500 million in bonuses to their quote unquote frontline workers. So individuals got $500 bonuses, I guess is how they structured that. I don't know how I feel about that. That does not seem $500 million against a market cap of 1.5 trillion in an environment like coronavirus. I get that they can get away with such a thing, but it seems a little bit 
a little bit tight to me. That was a chance for them to really endear themselves to their customers because I would, I would be more appreciative of a company that takes care of their employees, right? $500 doesn't seem like a big nod for the risk that those people are taking in warehouse jobs and things like this. I think they could have done better with that. Honestly, I don't mean to get too judgy on this podcast, but I'm going to get judgy. <laughs> but anyway, so they did $500 million in bonuses, totaling 500 million to frontline workers. So a million people, I guess, got bonuses in their company. That's interesting. Uh, since March, they hired 175,000, well, they created 175,000 new jobs. And they're saying in this earnings report that 125,000 of those jobs will stick around full-time. That's really impressive to hire 125,000 people full-time during a pandemic. And talk about a company that's just killing it when so many other people are struggling. That's really impressive. So Amazon's on a tear. I, I think they're doing really well. Um, as a shareholder, I'm really happy about that report. And I'm going to continue to hold it even at these um, big valuations. I'm a believer in what's going on. I think someone's going to win in this pandemic and it's likely to be them. They have, I spoke on an earlier podcast about your competitive moat in a business, your competitive advantage that you have that no one else has. They have an unbelievable network of third party sellers an unbelievable captive audience and customers like myself who are, you know, subscribed to prime and entrenched in their service. You know, if, if it's something where I have to sign up for a new website to buy, I'm unlikely to do it compared to just buying it on Amazon. So if I need to buy an electronic piece or something like that, like I need to go through even like Apple's website as an example, I had to buy a little dongle for the SD card for this podcast. And I did it through Amazon rather than going directly to Apple's website. And it's because I didn't have to put in my payment information again. I didn't have to mess with all that. So it was really convenient. So anyways, so, uh, you know, you have a big captive audience of people who are just going to take the path of least resistant and just buy everything from Amazon. And if they don't have something that I'm not too sensitive about buying only that item, then I might swap over and, um, uh, change items. You know, I might buy something they do have available like headphones or whatever. So I think they have a really good competitive advantage, a really good, uh, competitive moat around their business and a really great head start. you know, witness the fact that Congress called them up for antitrust hearings, claiming that they're a monopoly, but nonetheless, they, they throw that power around and do get really good prices for customers and, uh, provide a really nice service. And it's crazy that we can have all these things delivered to our house in two days with prime. And sometimes my stuff shows up the next day or same day when I buy it, especially with like consumer stable goods in a big city like Phoenix, which is where I live. Uh, it's really impressive what they've accomplished logistically and especially financially. You look at these results are just crazy. So I think they have a really bright future. And I think too, one thing that's under that people underestimate is that a lot of people who were turned off to online buying, particularly older constituencies and people like this, the coronavirus pandemic forced them to try things like Amazon for the first time. And those customers are going to be sticky. They're going to stick around for decades and decades spending money on that website. So I think it's a, a one-time bump to their Y-axis, you know, that they're getting a big jump and customers that they'll hold even when the world returns to normal. Because there were some people, you know, it's hard for us millennials to relate to, but there were some people stubbornly buying all their stuff from stores and never ordering things online. Whereas I, mean, I literally order bottled water online. So, you know, I think this is going to have a lot of people push to try Amazon for the first time and to stick around and buy from them. So I'm a buyer of this stock, actually, this price. I may even raise some of my allocation to them. I'm really impressed with what they have going on. And I'm really impressed with their future prospects. And, I, and I'm a long-term investor. I don't have a short-term horizon, meaning that, you know, I'm a hold stocks for 10 plus years. Oftentimes I don't need to retire. You know, I'm 30 years old, so I'm not going to retire for at least 35 more years, if not longer. So I have a long-term horizon. I just don't see a scenario where Amazon, it goes away entirely in one extreme, right? So I think it's a great and safe long-term investment, even if it is a little bit overvalued right now, that eventually it'll go back up. So I feel pretty good about my holdings with them, even though they're outsized and, and the prospects that they have, I'm, I'm pretty bullish. Apple, 
Apple beat on expectations as well, as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, 59.7 billion in revenue, which is better than analysts expected. Again, that's what's important. Analysts expected less revenue than that. And therefore that's why the stock price is going up today in the short term. So that's really cool. Um, what an unbelievable company. I was actually really worried about this. Like I mentioned, Amazon and Apple are my two outsized positions that I have in my portfolio. And I was really worried about it because Apple was early and often with closing their stores. They actually closed down their stores in Arizona for a second time after briefly reopening during this pandemic. And I was really worried. I mean, those Apple stores are vibrant, right? I mean, you drive by, you just see tons of people hanging out, tons of people checking out the goods. And they're big ticket items. You know, I mentioned earlier about Amazon being convenient for buying a lot of things online, but it's rare that I buy something that's over $500 on Amazon, right? And most of the time when you make a big purchase like that, you want to hold the item, you want to feel it, you want to touch it. You want to not have to deal with returning something that expensive. So with Apple, I always bought my stuff at the stores, even new iPhones and stuff. I'd wait till they were in stock rather than ordering them online. So I just thought, man, this is a more at risk company, right? Because buying a laptop side on scenes a little bit weird to me, but apparently people are tolerating it. Well, they're still growing. Uh, I got their stock ticker pulled up here. It's a uh, dollar sign AAPL for Apple. Uh, they closed at $380 a share. They spiked during this earnings call to $405 and 77 cents a share. And last reported price here is $402. So they're up 5.55%. Good round numbers, 5.55, but this is unbelievable. That's after going up 1.21% during regular trading hours today. Crazy. I love that. Their market cap, 1.67 trillion. <laughs> oh man, we're talking about trillion with the T, ladies and gentlemen. That is crazy. Higher than Amazon still. Well, it's got to piss Jeff Bezos off. <laughs> Actually, I don't know how mad he is. I guess if you have $170 billion, it stops mattering. If you get that extra billion, you start to care more about the competitive aspect, right? Being the owner of the biggest company in the world. I guess Saudi Aramco edges out all of these people now that they went public, but I don't count that. I think that's nonsense for them. I mean, basically they just stole a country's oil supply or whatever and <laughs> privatized it. So I don't know if their market cap is directly comparable to the accomplishments of these international corporations that we're talking about, right? But um, steel is strong, but nonetheless, I mean, they did just kind of privatize a country's oil supply. I don't know if that's the same as creating a product out of thin air and competing on delivering products like Amazon does or creating computers like Apple. So uh, anyways, 1.67 trillion market cap PE ratio of $30.16. So they're not that overpriced because you go back to Amazon's PE ratio, it's price earning ratio. They're 145 over at uh, Amazon. So Apple's posting some real results and getting these great valuations, man. 5.55% after hours. Oh, here it is, 5.48% still. Same type of range. So you, it's safe to assume it's gonna open tomorrow at above 5%. That's really exciting. Moving on to Facebook. Facebook, again, beat on earnings. Brilliantly so. Look at this pop. So they closed at $233 a share. They they spiked as high as $252. They've settled in right now. They're up 6.87% after hours. How unbelievable is that? Uh, again, a lower PE ratio than Amazon. They're at 33.74. And I actually spoke about their market cap earlier this week on another podcast. So they're $668 billion uh, market cap. That's pretty unbelievable too. 
11% revenue growth, even amid pandemic slowdown. That's the slowest revenue growth they've had since their IPO, but they posted revenue growth in an advertising company during the slowdown. That's unbelievable. If you guys remember as well, they had a lot of boycotts uh, for putting their ads next to unfavorable content on the website, right? Um, well, I guess it's unfavorable to certain people, right? And, but but some of this stuff's very extreme and easily agreed on, like white supremacy or whatever. And uh, these big corporations did not want their ads being displayed next to those groups and those messages. They didn't want to be uh, um, associated with that, I guess, is the best way to put it. So they started to experience boycotts from advertisers. So this, again, was a company that I was a little bit worried about. I thought they were going to have maybe some issues with the boycotts and and more slowdown than this. What this is saying is that even despite the slowdown, a lot of companies are still advertising and in a big way, 11% revenue growth. My family business does do a lot of advertising on Facebook and it has been brilliant for us lately. We we do pay-per-click advertising on both Facebook and, well, Facebook owns like Instagram and, and some things like this. But then we also use Google. Those are the two mainstays of our advertising budget. So we don't do a lot of billboards. We don't do a lot of direct mail and those more traditional things. We t- tend to do more digital. So YouTube, Google. Um, so when people search us, we, we pay for ads there. And then Facebook we do as well to try to direct people to our website. Facebook has been the best for us in terms of cost per lead that we get about one quarter of the cost of a cost per lead with Facebook than Google, which is very significant. You know, it's a much more efficient spend of advertising dollars and their volumes are through the roof. So we've really run out of our Facebook budget with this, which I kind of felt was I know it's a small snapshot and not necessarily applicable to earnings, but I felt like that was a little bit bullish for Facebook that we're getting such a great result from a customer standpoint makes me more bullish on holding the stock. I don't have huge allocations to Facebook and Google in my personal portfolio, but I do have allocations to them nonetheless. Uh, So it's great to see them pop. So again, that's close to 7% increase. And then Google, same type of thing. Google, I want to say that I saw real quick in this uh, headline that they actually had, they shrunk revenue but they didn't do as bad as people uh, suspected they would. And because of that, their stock price is still up. So Google actually trades under Alphabet is the name of their parent company now. They changed it from Google to to Alphabet several years ago. Um, They have two different classes of shares, or at least two, I should say. One is voting and one is non-voting. So class A, I believe, has the votes. Class C does not. So you can own it either under Google is dollar sign G-O-O-G-L, and that's class A, or you can get class C, which is dollar sign G-O-O-G. I would get the voting shares probably. Um, All things being equal, it's better to have a vote, right? They closed at $1,523. They spiked up as high as $1,565, but now they're flat. So after hours, they're actually flat. Uh, Alphabet reports first revenue decline in company history. That's crazy. So they did get hit harder than Facebook and maybe the better bet, frankly, you know, they, they have more scale and search will never die. I think they have a good competitive moat and things like this, but I'm pretty bullish about Facebook that way. I think that from an advertiser standpoint, from a customer standpoint, we're getting a better result with Facebook than with Google. And that's worth paying attention to in the coming months. Their PE ratio is 31.44, so kind of in line with uh, Facebook and Apple's. Their market cap is 1.05 trillion with a T, so another one in the trillion dollar club. Isn't that crazy? We're talking about trillion dollar valuations. Can you imagine? That's just nuts. But anyways, this is really bullish, guys. I think this is exciting news uh, for the U.S. economy. It's certainly exciting news for the for the stock, uh, tech stocks as they continue to rally. They've really been 
the reason for the rally that we've seen in the broader stock market the last couple of years. And that does not appear to be losing steam, which was something I was concerned about because you're always trying to, I mean, time in the market always beats timing the market. I'll do podcasts about that in the future, but you are paying attention when you have outsized allocations to tech stocks and they've gotten a lot of growth. So they've come to represent a bigger percentage of your portfolio than your other bets. I'm always paying attention to this to make sure that's smart for me to stay in them. And it does appear to me, I mean, it hasn't lost its steam yet and it's really still sprinting. So I'm really excited about this, you know, both personally, because like I mentioned, I made some good money after hours in the stock market today and expect that'll hold through to tomorrow pending, you know, world news and how the general markets are doing. But it's going to be a good morning for me in the stock market. I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about what this means for the economy. I was worried, you know, we started to see disappointing earnings from like McDonald's and some of these stalwarts like that. Restaurants are just getting decimated by the coronavirus. Boeing's getting decimated. Air travel. So all the airlines... I imagine a lot of the hotels are doing very poorly during this, but we are seeing that there are sectors that are still outperforming. So I think you're going to see a shift in competitive advantage and therefore valuations in the stock market to some of these other companies. But what this is, is it's a bright spot. You know, we know that there's nothing, it's not that there's nothing but negative news. It's that a lot of the old companies we see as great companies and one day probably will be great companies again, McDonald's and things like this. Uh, we're seeing that they're underperforming, but there are bright spots in the economy that are counterbalancing that, at least to some extent. And that's really exciting that the coronavirus hasn't just destroyed everyone totally out of hand, right? I mean, we're seeing some places that are growing, like I've identified on this podcast. So that's really exciting. I wanted to get the news out to you guys. So let, let me know what you think. Uh, the Blackwood Show at gmail.com. You can submit thoughts on podcasts. Um, we'll try to get some more interactions there going. I'll definitely respond to any emails that people send. And uh, you can also submit listener questions there. Maybe I'll talk about your question on the podcast. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me. I know there's a lot of ways to get entertained out there today, not the least of which are a lot of great podcasts. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Taylor Blackwood signing out.